Hi, and welcome to She Said, She Said. I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. Today, we're launching our series on small business and looking at the impact on small business in the context of COVID-19. Our guest today is Jennifer Curley. She's the CEO of a public relations firm based in the Washington, D.C. area called Curley & Company. We're going to talk about how she's managing her team virtually in a way that she's never tried to do before, what she's learning from this experience that I think we can all benefit from, and what maybe she and her company will do differently going forward. All of that and so much more. Jennifer, welcome to She Said, She Said. Thank you so much for having me. This is a, a breath of fresh air in my day today, so I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I'm delighted, delighted to do this. And I want you to start, if you could, by talking about where you are. You run a small business. I want you to tell listeners about your business and about how you guys are doing right now. Sure. So um, I am both a small business owner and entrepreneur and a crisis communicator. Uh, and both things are kind of coming to a head right now in this time of Corona, as, as they're calling it. You know, first is as a business owner, uh, my whole world has changed. And as the CEO of this company, I have changed what I do every day um, so completely. I can't even describe it to you uh, in the sense that, you know, my people need me in different ways. My stakeholders need me. So for me, that's my employees, my customers. They're, they're scared. Um, they're worried about what's happening in the world. They're worried about their personal situations. In terms of my clients, they're worried about their businesses and their revenue and their ability to deliver product to their customers. Uh, they're worried about their brands and how best to tell their story in this time of crisis. And it's moving so fast. Everything is changing hour by hour. You know, what worked yesterday is not working tomorrow. And so what we're doing about that is we are, you know, having daily meetings with the team to really triage. One of the things I'm talking a lot about is listening. In fact, I put a video out today on LinkedIn about the importance of listening right now. You know, as a communicator, we are listening to the world, right? You're listening to the context of which you're pushing out messaging for your clients. You're listening to your clients. You're listening to their hopes and fears and, and you're helping them solve their problems. And again, doing it in a very um, fluid environment that, that's changing so rapidly. Um, in this time of, of crisis. So sorry about the phone there. Oh, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> We're all like, dealing with all the things yes, that we're we coming into our- got a lot of moving parts. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's the business side of it. And then on the crisis comms side of it, we are really busy. You know, we do uh, crisis comms, we do digital media, we do internal comms, we do public affairs. Those are the four things right now that are hot. Everybody needs them and they're changing. So what you needed again, three weeks ago, I think about three weeks ago, feels like 10 years ago. Right. And so we're really feeling like everybody needs us right now. Every client needs us um, and it, it's not ending, you know? So we thought three weeks, oh great, you know, this will be a new world and it's just not. It's settling into more of a rhythm right now, but everybody still is evolving their strategies when it comes to their communications with their stakeholders. Yeah, and I would think too, given the nature of your business, it's public relations, it's crisis communications, that one of the challenges that is that the clients you serve are pretty diverse. So their needs in this environment 
are probably going to be pretty unique. How, how much overlap is there between sort of client to client? Well, there's some basic fundamentals that we're telling everybody when it comes to the best practices of communicating through crisis is what I call it. Um, you know, it's be transparent, be visible as a leader, um, be consistent with your messaging, um, be, be real, be human, um, be empathetic. These are really important things um, that we're telling everybody across the board. But then within that, we represent, you know, a lot of different vertical markets. So we have healthcare clients, we've got technology clients, we've got travel clients, right? Everybody's different. We've got nonprofits, we've got associations. And each one of those sectors um, have a different issue right now. You know, some of them are busier than ever. Our hospitals were embedded with some of our hospital clients right now, and they are busier than ever. We've revamped entire communications programs because they needed to communicate more to more stakeholders and everybody's watching them and they're, and they're in true crisis on the front lines. And then some other clients, we represent like the Stuttering Foundation, for example, they have an opportunity to tell their story right now in a new way because a lot of parents are home needing new tools to help their, their children who stutter. Uh, so that's been a whole new campaign we've been doing in mm -hmm. a turn of messaging that we've changed to deal with the, the crisis. So again, it really runs the spectrum, which makes my job so interesting every day because we're looking at it from so many different lenses. Yeah, how about because you are in a creative business um, by, by the nature of the work that you do, how difficult is it to be creative in an environment in which you and your team are obviously having to deal with a very healthy dose of anxiety, just as everybody is. How do you, how do you balance that? And how do, you, how do you bring out that same level of creativity at a time when people are anxious? And those two things can oftentimes work against each other. It's very true. And I will tell you, I'm seeing it firsthand. It, it, it's requiring discipline. You know, Back to what I said at the beginning, my job as the CEO has changed completely. You know, the days of being able to walk down the hall and just grab people for a brainstorming, which is, again, the core of our business. We love to brainstorm. We are collaborators at heart. Uh, we're having to do that over Zoom now. It's not as good. I'll be honest with you. It's doable, yeah. um, and we're making it work, but it requires me to be very disciplined every day, not to let my team or my clients get what I call into the weeds, you know, get, get you know, let the the world and the, and the climate we're living in bring us down. We've got to stay focused on what's next. You know, my big goal is to keep us focused, Curly Company focused on what's next, our clients focused on what's next. And that doesn't mean we're not dealing with the here and now, that we're not dealing with the crisis in front of us or the news in front of us that we're trying to shape, but we're thinking about how our clients are going to come out of this, how we're going to come out of this, and we're really trying to position that and yeah. so that's but that's requiring discipline because otherwise you can get caught in the day-to-day -day and the day-to-day -day yeah. is so busy and so intense how do you do that can you give us a little bit more in terms of how you make that happen how do you stay focused because i think you're a hundred percent right but how do you do that what's your advice i'll tell you my secret but it's a little embarrassing and so <laughs> if you can see my desk right now i'm glad this is just audio but i have paper um and i'm a very visual person. So I normally have a lot of visual stimulation in the sense that I need lists and I, I keep lists always. But now more than ever, it's hugely important. So I have a list here of video ideas. I have a list here of insight. I have a list here of big picture. And so, and then I look when I'm getting ready to think like that, but if you have a list of big picture, it puts you, it, and you can see it every day. It's sitting right here next to my computer. Big picture, Jennifer. That's where I have to keep my eye on the prize. My staff is doing an amazing job of getting you know, our clients focused every day, 
my job is to keep everybody thinking about the big picture. And so this is how I'm doing it. I'm reminding myself, I'm putting little notes to myself um, as to how to do that. And then I'm driving it forward with the staff. So I just got off a brainstorming meeting where I said to the team, all right, let's put away the day to day for a minute and let's think about what's next. So again, it's discipline it's, and it's putting, it's calendarizing it. It's, you know, putting structure to it in a way I've never had to do before. It's been more organic. Uh, you know, a month ago it was more organic and <laughs> now it requires really thought. Yeah. Well, and I think it also illustrates that point of, you know, clearly there are additional challenges on you as the leader in this environment, but they're exponentially increased as a result of all of this, the anxiety, the worrying about the business or your client's going to pay. I mean, all those sorts of things that are in the back of your mind. Um, in addition to managing your team differently. So I'd love for you to, to take a little deeper dive in terms of how you're thinking about your team. You run a team of, I believe, 15, largely women, largely female team, not exclusively, but largely women, um, and not on purpose necessarily. That's just right. Right. Um, but talk about how you're managing them and what you're doing differently than you might otherwise have, have been doing had we not been in COVID-19. Sure. I think the most important thing is I am being very authentic. I am bringing more of my, I hate to say it, real self to the table every day. So I'm talking about things like, oh, I didn't sleep last night. How about you? Uh, I'm talking about the fact that I am running. I'm not a runner, but I put together this heavy metal, really cool um, playlist on Spotify and, it, and I'm getting on the treadmill and I'm running fast. You know, I'm doing sprints, which is so not like me. And that's what I'm doing to keep my head in the game. And what I'm saying to my team is you have to define what your thing is to keep your head in the game as a leader, because if, if you go, you know, there's no, your team's going to be without a leader. So I'm very conscious of it for me, but I'm also very conscious of it for my team. You know, we did this um, exercise last Thursday at one of our meetings where I said, okay, um, we're going to start protecting ourselves, you know, on the weekends. We're going to tag, tag in, tag out, make sure you're getting, you know, healthy eating, sleeping, um, time outside, you know, I, so I've been trying to kind of share what I'm doing in a way I wouldn't have normally maybe shared to inspire and encourage and tell them it's okay and it's important. So there's a lot more sharing I'm doing that I think a, a very intimate way. Um, again, to also provide comfort and, and just connection, I think in a way that before we didn't need as much, but I think people really do need now. Yeah. And how is your team doing? They're doing great. You know, I do think it's day by day. You can see some people tag in, they tag out, um, but they're doing great. You know, I think one of the things that we've done that's helping us now is we are a company of values, right? So I'd love to have you come to our office someday, but on our wall at Curly Company, we have our 10, you know, we call them our house rules. And it's the values that we live by as an organization. And we've had them for many, many years. We take them very, very seriously. And I think in a time of crisis, culture is vulnerable. And we really want to be thinking about our values and meeting with our values. So the decisions I've been making as a CEO are value-driven. You know, we're, we're thinking about our staff and we're thinking, again, about me changing the way I'm communicating. It's because of our values and the need to do that that's really driving us. Um, one of the values I really want to point out to you today that, that is coming through loud and clear right now is leading from every seat. It's something we take so, so seriously at Curly Company. As you said, we have a team of 15. You know, we range, we, um, we have a range of ages and experience levels within that. 
And so everyone comes to it from a different point of view and perspective, but there's room for everybody to lead. And I'm asking everybody to lead and trying to show them how to lead, frankly. Um, I think that's really important right now. And they're stepping up is what I would say too. They really are stepping up and I've never been so proud of, of a team, you know, and I, and I also like to see these women doing it. I love my guys too, but the women are really, um, you know, they're empathetic. They're thinking with their whole selves, you know, during this time. And that's important. Yeah. Do you see big differences in how your male and female staff members are reacting to all of this? I don't totally see a big difference. I think, you know, again, our culture is our culture and it's, you know, gender neutral in that sense. I think what I would say is I lead as a woman. Um, so I bring, again, my full self to the table as much as I can. I, I'm, you know, practicing what I preach as much as I can, um, being authentic and empathetic. I think these are very women, women traits is what I would say. Not to say that the men don't do them, but I think I am trying to show how important they are right now and that how women as leaders in a time of crisis can be amazing leaders. Yeah. because of all these other, other traits that are even more important now than ever. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Laura Vanderkam, who's a time management and productivity expert. And she talked about the fact that when she would go into corporate entities to talk about how to establish some kind of virtual working environment to allow more work-life balance for parents, that the pushback she would get was, oh, we can't possibly do that because we can't manage the culture. You've talked about culture, you mentioned culture several times. Talk about how you are working to manage that culture, given the fact that this is something you don't have control. You don't have a choice, right? You have to work virtually. Everybody's having to work virtually. So how do you make it work and how do you mind, mind your culture and keep that intact during this environment? I think it's a couple of things. I think it, it's a conscious decision, as I said, every day to do so right? It doesn't happen naturally anymore. So again, a month ago, we could have said culture is culture. It's on the wall. It didn't mean we didn't take it seriously. It doesn't mean we didn't talk about it, but now it's every day I am personally thinking about it. And I feel like it's my job as the CEO to do that right now. Um, and not to say that I'm not relying on my team and my leaders within my team to also do it, but I feel like right now it's just elevated. The importance is elevated and I'm taking it really seriously. So a couple of things I'm doing just tip-wise is meeting more often. You know, we're doing more regular meetings with me leading them. That's the change. Uh, we're doing the Zoom calls where I'm looking people in the eye. To me, as a visual person, I want to look my staff in the eye. That's how I know what they're thinking. That's how I can see the anxiety or the, or the joy sometimes when they have a big win for a client. Um, we're celebrating those joys. You know, one of the things we did last week is we had a birthday party, a 40th birthday party for one of our SCPs. And Normally we would have cupcakes in the office and maybe some wine. Um, this time what we did is we had every staff person shoot a little video and we looped them all together and gave it to her on Thursday as a surprise and said, you know, and it was one thing we love about her. So, okay, that's how we're keeping our culture alive right now because we can't do what we would normally do. Um, you know, so there's things like that where I think we're looking each other in the eye, we're bringing the dogs to the conference calls you know, and, and, and knowing each other's dogs, you know, for example, now we all know each other's dogs. Uh, so that's, you know, I think these little things do matter. You know, what I was talking to some of my junior staff the other day, and I assumed everybody was doing this, and they said that, you know, they all have roommates, so they're kind of seeing what other companies are doing, and they said that not so much, and I was surprised that more people weren't Almost saying, oh, I'm cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, 
dogs to work. It's, uh, that's what we're doing these days. <laughs> Jennifer, let's talk about maybe some of the changes that you've been forced to make that you've seen value come from. Things that maybe you'll do differently when we ultimately come out of this, which we hope will be sooner rather than later. But what will have changed and what will you have learned from the experience that you will put in service going forward? I, 100% technology. And I think I am not alone. I, I can't imagine every CEO in the country isn't saying the same thing right now. You know, it's, it's we used Zoom before, but we didn't use Zoom like we use Zoom now. Um, you know, it's, it's completely changed. I like to say we've crossed the Rubicon and we're never going back. You know, it's, and so that's not to say we're going to become a remote work environment. I don't think that's what Curly Company is all about. We've always had a lot of flexibility. So one of our cultural values is flexibility, bring your full self to work every day. So I think that will continue on, but I think we're going to have more options when it comes to that flexibility now with working remotely, you know, with the office space. We've got this beautiful office a few blocks from the White House that I love and that we built recently to hold events and, and, and entertain clients and things. And we're going to continue to do that because it's something I value and I think it's important for our business. But I don't necessarily see the need for more office space, for example, as we continue to grow. I think one of the things that's kind of light bulb went off in my head is, you know, I can't wait to get back in the office but I also see the value of being able to work remotely when you want to. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to be one size fits all. There's maybe a flexibility here to work with lots of different people. Maybe we would have employees in different markets potentially. So I think there's been a lot of eye opening to me in this that is involving flexibility and technology that will change us fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the other dimensions of your life. You mentioned bringing your whole self to work. You're the mom of two in addition to running this company as its CEO. Talk about how you're managing personally and how you're managing your family as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I'm the mom of teenage daughters. And so there's been a lot of joy. I, I mean, I, I hate to say that, but before Corona, you know, my daughters were teenagers. I didn't see, they were off doing their thing. They were on their devices. They were doing what teenagers do. Yeah. They were, you know, expanding their horizons, all good things. And, and we were busy, right? So they play lacrosse and we had every weekend lacrosse games and things happening with their um, social lives. And so now it's the four of us. And it's pretty awesome sometimes to play a game or to, we're watching a video series, watching All American, this show on Netflix right now. And the four of us, we actually dressed up as some of the characters the other night. And it was the girl's idea that they want to engage with me like that has been a true gift. Yeah. Um, I said on one of the videos I did today, they show up in my office sometimes now and they'll sit down and just be, and I have to put my phone down and say, oh, you want to talk? Great. Um, so I will say on the family front, I've gotten a lot of joy out of this uh, in a lot of ways with my daughters. And my husband has been a, a true hands-on partner through all this. And I've really, really appreciated it. Yeah. There is an odd equalizing factor to all of this that I think for teenagers in particular, it's, there's a really interesting dynamic that's happening with them. Don't you think? I do. I really do. I think, I think they're resilient. You know, Laura, I worry obviously, you know, about the anxiety and if they're feeling it and I just don't know it. Uh, we're very transparent in this house about what's happening in the world. And, you know, we're not trying to sugarcoat anything, but we also want to protect them. And, but I think they're pretty resilient and they're used to using technology. So the zoom things aren't really freaking them out. Like it is us. They're very, again, flexible. They've adapted to this pretty well is what I would say to you. We've done chores, for example, we have, you know, Tuesday, everyone cleans a bathroom, for example. Wow. You know, like that's 
amazing. These girls should be doing that. And they have, they've really risen to it. So I feel very blessed. I will say I am really glad I don't have little ones right now because I think I'd be feeling a little differently if I had to, you know, be hands-on on on the Zoom calls, you doing, um, you know, distance learning from their elementary schools. Thank goodness I'm not doing that on top of everything else I'm doing. I think that would be really hard. And I don't envy the moms that are doing that right now, dads. Yeah. Of your staff, I know you, you have a number of millennials that work with you. Of your team, how many are parents versus single people? Maybe five of us are parents is what I would say. Not quite half is my sense in all different kind of stages in it. So, and, and people are just, you know, what I basically said is do what you have to do. Yeah. You know, th- this is what we're going to do here. We're all, we're all grownups here. Even my youngest staffers are grownups and we treat them like that in, in non-crisis Corona time. You know, we have a policy at Curly that's unlimited vacation, for example. We expect people to get their work done and we expect them to take time off and recharge their batteries. And they do, you know, we've never had an abuse of the situation. So, so they treat it with respect normally. And what I've said is this is a continuation of that. You know, you've got to be a mom or a dad, go do that. And, and that job is super important right now and get your work done and, and tap each other in and out, back each other up when you need to. We just instituted a policy where everyone needs to take one staycation day in the next, in the month of April, one staycation. Obviously you can't go anywhere, but if you could just shut off for a day, uh, a work day and really feel like you got recharged because again, it's so important right now to, to recharge those batteries. Yeah. Jennifer, this is so incredibly helpful. Any last uh, bits of words of advice or wisdom that you would share with other small business owners or with people that are working either in small businesses or with small businesses? Anything else that you want to share with our audience? Yeah, I think that last thing I would say is you don't have to be a CEO to be a leader right now. The world is looking for leaders. And I think you have a role to play no matter what your job is in the organization. You know, there's lots of ways you can do it. You can lead yourself. You can gently lead your CEO if your CEO needs guidance or sometimes your CEO just might need you to say, hey, nice job on that. Thank you. I appreciated that. You know, we're also human too. And and sometimes we get it right. We try real hard to get it right, but we may not always hit the mark. And, And to be able to gently correct when you can, I think is really important. So don't be afraid to lead from wherever you're sitting right now. I think the world really does need it. Yeah. Jennifer, thank you. This was incredibly helpful. I really appreciate it. And I wish you and your team the best of luck as we continue to persevere through this and ultimately come out on the backside, hopefully better. Thanks, Laura. I appreciate the opportunity. It was a, it was a pleasure to, to spend some time with you today. Thank you. Well, hopefully we'll get to see each other actually. Yes, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. To learn more about Jennifer Curley, Check out the show notes for this episode, episode 96. This is the first in a series of episodes that we'll do focused on small business and small business leaders, the impact that COVID-19 is having, how they're leading their teams, advice that they have for all of us. So stay tuned for more of that. As always, thanks so much for being part of this growing community. I pray that you're safe and you're well. Please keep your feedback coming. I love hearing from you. Also, if you haven't had a chance, be sure to check out the newsletter, which I post on the website, but you can sign up for it and have it delivered to your inbox every week. I uh, include 
links to some content that I think complement each of these episodes and also provide you with additional food for thought as we all go through this collective experience that is so difficult. With that, again, I pray that you're safe and you're well and look forward to seeing you next time.